It was literally sometimes hour by hour in a day learning how to lean on God. And I know that sounds like spiritual stuff, but it was the reality for me. I did not have what it took. During those hard years, God would keep speaking to me, Kim, my grace is sufficient. Not your marriage, not any relationship. But in, in the midst of it all, I am learning who Christ is. Hey everyone, Patrick here while Nate's out of the office for a well-earned Thanksgiving break. Over the next few weeks, we have a series of shows for wives who are dealing with marriages that have been devastated to the core by their husband's sexual sin. And whether you've just found out about this or if you've been walking in the pain of it for a long time now, we want these shows to be an encouragement to you to remain close to the Lord and to keep trusting in Him no matter what the circumstance may be. Today we're focusing on how a broken marriage can be a source of testing to a woman's faith. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Purity for Life. Kathy Gallagher has given her life to ministering to the wives of men in sexual sin, coming alongside of them in their darkest hour and patiently helping them to find the Lord in the midst of their tragedies. She's able to do this because she had to do it herself. When she married Steve, she had high hopes for a fairy tale marriage and a happily ever after ending. But those hopes were soon obliterated when she discovered that he was addicted to pornography and to illicit sex. And she didn't handle that well at first, but the Lord was faithful and patiently taught her how to navigate the devastation and develop a relationship with him that would turn the worst thing that ever happened to her into something very precious to her. We've brought her into the studio to talk about some of the spiritual lessons she learned during that time in her life. Kathy, when Steve uh, confessed his unfaithfulness to you, things were really, really painful, and it was so painful that you left him for a period of time. You've told that story on Purity for Life before, so we weren't going to go into all of that, but through a series of wild events, you did return to Steve, and at that time then, you found yourself in a marriage with a man that you had no feelings of love for, no respect, and I can't imagine how excruciating that would be, and a really severe trial of faith to, you know, to obey God, what you felt like God was calling you to do, and then to obey him right in the midst of this loveless and respectless relationship. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it was definitely... <laughs> Uh, the trial of a lifetime, and the the real trial. Well, the first trial was that my marriage just fell apart. Um, my husband's addicted to pornography, illicit sex with other people. That's the first blast, mm -hmm. and the second blast was that I had to go mm -hmm. back. And I knew, I, you know, without going into all that long detail, I knew that's what God was calling me to do. But to get back there 
I think in my mind somewhere, I was expecting there to just be this wonderful revival of love mm. and restoration. And that, that was not there. It was not present. The loveless feeling, the feeling of, I cannot stand this man, mm. um, was dominating my mind and my emotions. And, but bigger than that was a complete lack of respect for him. I just, he was not the person I mm. married. At least that's he's not he wasn't the person right. I thought I married. So the trial of faith moved from being married to an adulterer to being married to a guy I did not want to be with mm -hmm. at all. And you know, I was expecting the Lord to just step in and make everything smooth and to level out this mountain in front of me. And he he didn't do that. It just he just did not do that. He let me go through fire, yeah. um, emotional fire, just spiritual. And I was so young in the faith. Um, and I had such an immature outlook on God and his role in my mm -hmm. life. And people tell you when you first come into the kingdom, that God's going to make everything amazing. Right. He's going to all your problems are going to go away. Everything's going to be wonderful. And my experience was the exact opposite. Mm. Um, almost like when I came into the kingdom, everything blew mm. apart. And I couldn't, even now, I couldn't have imagined a greater trial to my faith and that, you know, having an unfaithful husband. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I obviously can't relate to what a wife is going through, but you kind of touched on this. And I know that when difficulties come into my life, um, it can be easy to begin to question what the Bible says about God. You know, I mean, when things are good, it's like, yeah, God is good, and he's faithful, and I know he wants good for me, and he loves me. But then when things get mm -hmm. difficult, the, the circumstances begin to um, suggest something different about the character of God. Mm -hmm. And uh, what would you say to a wife whose situation is calling all of these things that she has uh, believed about God to, to be in question? Well, you know, it's, it is a battle because I, I would, I'm going to just try and tie this into my own situation mm -hmm. and, and also at the same time relate it to other people. Because I know from a lot of experience that a lot of women have done the same thing I've done. I approached God without realizing I was doing this. Um, I expected him to fix it like now. Right. And I, I had an idea of God somehow. I don't know where it came from. Um, I expected him to be a sugar daddy. Mm -hmm. I expected him to change my husband or free me, you know, give me an out. And so I don't know that I would say that I questioned God's character. Okay. Maybe I did. I probably did. Um, once I got to the place where I was called to go back, there was a faith to do that, a trust mm -hmm. in the Lord to do that. And especially once I was there and I saw how horrible it was, there was still a faith and a trust to maintain and continue and go down this mm -hmm. path. So I think I had learned enough. There was enough grace carrying me through those 
very difficult months that I was learning God's character through the fire. Mm. It was like I was being taught each day. It was literally sometimes hour by hour in a day learning how to lean mm. on God. And I know that sounds like spiritual stuff, but it was the reality for me. I did not have what it mm-hmm. took to do this. I just didn't. So I was failing and miserable and just, yeah, just so miserable. But in in the midst of it all, I am learning who Christ mm. is and how he could keep carrying me through. And that's what I would, I <laughs> if I could press something, the most valuable thing I could press into a woman's heart, that is that he is with mm. you. He hasn't abandoned you. His character hasn't, he doesn't have a flawed character. There's something more important to the Lord. (laughs) If anybody's listened to anything I've said or read anything I've written, God is not as concerned about your happiness as he is your Mm. holiness. And I'm telling you, this is an addendum to that. When you are walking in holiness, you are happy. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And you can't have the happy before you have the holy. And the only way I've ever known to walk with the Lord um, in faith through fire is to obey and to follow and to be holy as he is. Mm. And it just does not, there's no easy way for that to happen. It does not, it doesn't just get thrown at us. Yeah, I was thinking about the song last night, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust you, how I've proved you, or and or. But, you know, mm-hmm. at the beginning, the truth is we haven't proved him or and or. <laughs> it, it, we're beginning no. to, but the only way mm-hmm. to really have that experience where we can say, I've every time I've, I've proved you, you've come to be, you've shown yourself to be faithful, is to just go through those things. There's no easy, quick way. What you just said is the absolute truth. The only way that you learn that he is all-sufficient, that he is good, that he is everything he said he would be, is to go through fire. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, in our culture, and just in our makeup as human beings, that seems so unreasonable mm. that a God who created, who spoke everything to an existence um, would actually want me to suffer. But that to me, and this is true, of, this is very true of me when I was a young Christian and I struggled with the whole suffering thing. Why doesn't he just make it all go away? Mm-hmm. And if he's good and if he's got a good character why is he letting this happen to mm-hmm. me? I did not understand, and a lot of Christians do not understand the Lord. They know about him. They know bits and pieces of him. They know quaint little cliches about him. They know isolated mm-hmm. verses mm-hmm. about him. But I've been a Christian for 41 years, and it's taken me all this time to learn just the, how did Amy Carmichael said it, the fringes mm-hmm. of his ways. And there's so much to know. So, yeah. Can you put a period on that and stop me somewhere in the midst of all that craziness? Yeah. I feel like I'm preaching now. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> you should be used no, to this, No, yeah, Nate. totally. Um, 
let's let's talk now about a wife who's just finding out about a husband's sin because I've heard you describe before that the thoughts, the worries, the fears are just overwhelming. You know, they're pressing in. Those are the real realities. It's not so much these high and lofty spiritual ideals that are the realities in those moments, mm-hmm. but the the situation. What are some of the biggest fears and thoughts that come to a wife's mind to buffet her faith, to say it in an old-fashioned way? Yeah, um, they're myriad. I mean, we're all different, and we all have different weak spots or whatever in our characters and our emotions and stuff. But I would say, generally speaking, the fear that he'll do it again Mm -hmm. is huge. Mm -hmm. That, um, okay, for me, I have to just explain. Once this chasm has been broken open, this enormous gulf or gap in this Mm. relationship, some people can stick their head in the sand and act like, okay, that was a one-off thing. He'll never do that again. My experience is most women feel like there is a huge fissure in the in the earth's crust, mm-hmm. you know, this gaping hole. And that all of a sudden now my my life is going to be lived in yeah. fear, lived in a lack of trust mm. for him. How am I ever going to mm. trust him again? That is like the biggest question women probably ask. How could I ever trust yeah. him again? I trusted him all this time. And I find out we've been married for five years and I just found out that he's been, you know, in pornography or sleeping with other people. How can I ever trust yeah. him again? The other fears are that I don't know if this is necessarily a fear, but just like what's wrong with me? Oh, yeah. What What was wrong with me? Why? Why did he need someone else? Or if they have children, they're looking at not only their own emotions, but how is this going to affect our kids? How do I tell my mm-hmm. kids? Do I tell my kids? Um, finances, just everything about life is all of a sudden very shaky. Yeah. It's very hard to navigate all this stuff. So yeah, the fears are just ridiculous. It's overwhelming. All the fears that that you didn't even ever think about having are now part of your daily life. Yeah, so you mentioned that when you went back, I mean, you were going back specifically because God had told you to, but you also mentioned that you didn't really—you mentioned a lot of failures, that you didn't respond real well to your own emotions and your own fears, and I'm wondering— what when you've when you've talked to women what are some of the real common bad reactions to those emotions that you have seen i okay that it's two separate things for me what you're describing because when i was facing things with steve when i had to go back i hid my feelings mm. he, he never knew what i was going through Somehow, I knew, okay, so he had repented. Mm, mm-hmm. he, had, he had gotten his heart right with God, and I was afraid to mess that up by just letting all this garbage spew out of me. What was inside of me was nasty. Mm. It was horrible. I, you know, I won't say I hated him, but I hated him to touch me, mm. and I was angry You know, just like I had been with Prince Charming, you know, if 
anybody's heard my testimony, I ran off with another man. That was one of the things, one of the, the things that a woman will do often is go find someone else to just plug the hole. That's a reaction. That was my mm -hmm. reaction. So this guy was awesome. And I had to go back to the creek. Mm. And there's the mental anguish of that was so painful because I felt like <laughs> you know, he, the other guy was God's answer to all that I was going through. And that was part of the enormous struggle I had to go through that that was not God's answer to my pain. So other women have other ways they deal with it. A lot of women are enraged. They go through life all just in so much anger yeah. and so much bitterness and they're vindictive and they want to pay him back mm -hmm. and they can't, they can't give themselves to him because they've been hurt so deeply. Um, so there's just, I mean, the list is endless. It really, sure. I, I'm not hitting on everything, but it is just a bottomless pit for a wife. And I've never met anybody that did it right. Mm. <laughs> to be honest with you, we've, none of us have done mm. it right. It takes time to learn how to manage and cope. So, like you said, none of us have done it right, and I'm sure there's kind of a continuum on the on the left-hand side. There's just total failure and making every single mistake. And on the right-hand side, there's, there is some real trust, some real faith and forgiveness and mercy and love. Um, when you do counsel a woman that is doing things in a more biblical, God-honoring way, what is it about their life that helps them do that? Faith. Hmm. They have faith. They, they, they're trusting in the Lord at some level because this is not, you can't do this humanly speaking. I just, I mean, I have never met a soul and I've <laughs> dealt with hundreds of women this isn't something you can just white knuckle your mm. way through and pretend to be mm. Christian. You either, that woman has some kind of faith in God. She's got trust for the Lord and her eyes are at some level fixed mm. on him. That doesn't mean that she doesn't have issues and struggles and right, pain. Right. She does, but she's handling it right. She knows the word of mm. God. I cannot emphasize that enough. The word of God is not, a medicine chest to go and grab a verse from when you're feeling bad one day. It is the revelation of who God yeah. is. And it's so powerful. If <laughs> that's another thing I wish I could just press into the hearts and minds of people, how important it is to know what the word of God is saying, not just grabbing verses out of context, but getting the revelation of who God is. That's what gives you the faith and the trust to keep going through fiery trials. Mm. It's not mm -hmm. in us to do that. Mm. That's so that's so encouraging. I think for anyone who comes to the realization that whatever it is that I'm facing, all of us are facing different things at different times, but that I can't do this alone and I don't have to. I'm not expected to get the resources from within myself. And right. like Hebrews says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, that he really can. He can give us something that is foreign to us. It's outside of us 
to get us through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That kind of acquisition, I'll say it that way, acquiring from the Lord his all-sufficiency doesn't just happen because we call ourselves mm -hmm. Christian. It does come through revelation, you know, in the word of God, it comes that way. And it comes through suffering. If, if you mm. really study and look at the word of God, um, and there's a lot in the New Testament, if you'll just look at it, that it's the testing of our faith that is precious to God and that endurance and perseverance are huge, huge things. Suffering mm. for Christians is a huge thing. But we don't, in America, we don't like that. We don't want God to be yeah. like that. We want him to fix everything. And he does, but the way he does it doesn't line up with what we're expecting or hoping for. Yeah. So yeah. it just, it really, we're challenged on yeah. every level, yeah. really, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Um, I, I'm sure that there are people listening who have prayed at some time, Lord, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to to have a real relationship with you. And then when God's answer comes, it's not usually what we were looking for. But mm -hmm. we have to, yeah, like you said, to trust him as a father, that he really knows what's best for us. And he's prompt. I mean, every good father always gives their child what is best for them. And he is the mm -hmm only truly good father that's where our faith can really land is in the goodness of god despite what it seems like for us um well, when you can say when you can say when you're in the fire or when you're drowning that god is mm -hmm. good when you when that is real to you when that is solid in your heart that he is good no matter what the devil may throw at me no matter what life may be thrown at me if in your heart this there's a solid pillar that his loving kindness is mm. forever you can go through mm. this but if that if that issue of who god is who his care what his character is like if that's in question mm -hmm. you're going to shake you're going to be mm. shaken and it'll be very hard to stand if you are calling into question. I'll tell you, I have spent endless, countless hours, days, months, years agonizing to know him because somehow I knew early on that that was the answer to my issue. Not my husband, not him. You know, he was an idol to me. Mm. Um, he was an absolute idol. And that's why my bottom dropped out when I found out what he was doing. But as I grew in the Lord and got my eyes off of Steve and onto who God said he was, that is what helped me and changed me. And yeah, that's that's all any of us. I shouldn't say it like that's all we have. It's more than mm -hmm. enough. He is more than sufficient. And people that hear those things um, that don't have a strong enough faith yet just get so frustrated by hearing yeah. that stuff. They want it but they don't understand how to yep. get there. Well, he's taking you there. Just keep holding on and he'll give you the grace to get through the fire. He is giving the grace to get through the fire. It just isn't the way we want it to be. Uh, yeah, 
I was vigorously shaking my head when you were saying that when you say that to people, they don't like it. I hated it when people would say that to me because it was like, (laughs) man, what does that even mean? Uh, And how do I, like you said, how do I get there? But you're right. He is taking us there. That's, yeah, yeah, praise the Lord for that. But there's there's no milestones in it, though, you know? I mean, in a certain way, it's not like, oh, finally, got over that hump. You feel you, your whole Christian life. You feel like you're climbing uh, uphill. Yeah, yeah. With a hundred pound backpack uh-huh. on, you know. So, but he's doing it. He is That's doing awesome. it. In our recent Thanksgiving episode, we asked three graduates of our wives program to share testimonies of Thanksgiving for all God had done in their lives and in their marriages. And I know when I was speaking with them, I was so blessed to hear all the joy they had as they were speaking about their love for God and how he had really been there for them when they needed him the most. But there just wasn't enough time in that episode to put everything they had to say into it. So as we were planning this show for wives, it seemed like the perfect opportunity to use the rest of those interviews. So today, we have the full version of Kim's story. She shares about how God sustained her to endure decades of hardship in her marriage to Mike. My marriage before Mike uh, came to Pure Life Ministry, it was a very hard marriage. It was a 36-year marriage of um, hard, very hard. It was lonely. It was abusive. Uh, I was never enough. It was critical. It didn't start that way. It just continued to downward spiral into suffering, um, just being suffocated and almost just living in a prison. And I, and there's, I, there's just not words for it. Before I married Mike, you know, I thought he was walking with the Lord. I thought he was a believer because I had I, I wanted to date him because I thought he was a believer because God started speaking to my heart about wanting to be married to believers because I wanted to serve God with someone that was saved. And I knew how I felt about him, and I knew where my heart was deeply in love with him. But I still went before God, and I asked him, Lord, do you want me to marry him if it's not your will? I will let him go for you, no matter how hard it will be, but I need you to help me. Then when things started happening in our marriage, I was shocked. It totally surprised me, but God kept speaking to me, and I kept growing in the Lord and diving more in his word, and it was hard at times, but I knew I heard from the Lord to marry him. And I took my vow so, I knew I made a vow for better or worse. And this was just the worst part. And did I mean it? Did I mean it to a holy God that I'd made this covenant before him? And so a lot of that's why I stuck it out. I just, I knew I asked God. I felt clear he gave me an answer. And it was hard. I'm not saying it was easy. I mean, it was white knuckling at times like I don't want to do this anymore God but yet I did you know there would be things exposed and God would tell me forgive and I'd forgive and then it would happen again and I'd forgive and 
And one time God spoke to me, and I just remember thinking, Lord, how many times? And the scripture came to me, like 70 times 7. And he said, Kim, I had to go through the cross for you, even if it would have been only one sin in your life. And believe me, there was way more than one in my own life. So if I had to do that, then that means I did it for Mike's many. And so it just really put in perspective as to God's amazing grace and forgiveness and mercy that he showed me first and that I had to offer it to Mike as well. And I know during those hard years, God would keep speaking to me. He said, Kim, my grace is sufficient. Not your marriage, not any relationship, but my grace is what is sufficient for you. And if I need to, I had to either believe it or not believe it. I had to choose to really believe God's word or not believe God's word. And I chose to believe. I just clung to that. I clung to that, to the truth of his word. And that's what sustained me. I had to fight, but I drew strength by pursuing prayer. As things happened, I prayed for him, and I prayed for him, and I prayed for him, and I never stopped. There's many times I go, God, I don't even know what to pray anymore. I, I have no words anymore. And I would just moan and lay on the floor or cry. Or, and that was my prayer to the Lord. But those times were also where the intimacy with me and God got deeper, you know, because I wasn't depending upon my strength. I was depending on His. I can't do anything apart from Him. I can't have faith apart from Him. I can't believe apart from Him. He has got to be every part of me. And then as God just kept, you know, my faith, asking the Lord to uh, provide something that would just grab Mike's heart and understanding of how much God loved him, um, he brought Pure Life Ministry just miraculously on my computer by me searching out. I was looking for something else. Mike pulled out of our driveway and I didn't even know if he was going to make it to Pure Life Ministry or not. I thought I may never see him again when he left here. I prayed all night that night and God gave me this scripture and it was Jeremiah 32:17, and it's all Lord God. Behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm, there is nothing too hard for you. And I went to church that day, and my pastor, because I don't know why, but God told me someone needed to hear the scripture, and it was this scripture. And I knew that there was a spiritual warfare happening to get Mike there. After Mike went, um, my life and my marriage now is completely different. It's, I've never experienced this in our whole marriage. It's loving. It's unity. There's kindness. There's thoughtfulness. There's gentleness. There's studying and praying and being in God's Word together. There's hope and there's healing. I am so blessed that Mike is walking with the Lord. He's a completely different man. And 
I'm still in shock sometimes. I still sometimes I know look over at him and go like, who is this guy? He is truly a new creation in Christ. I had no hope of just, is it ever going to change? Is something going to happen? And Mike had no hope of ever being out of the chains and the bondage that he was in. But my encouragement is there is hope. And I give God all the praise and glory for his faithfulness and for upholding me and carrying me when I was so weary and tired of 36 years of marriage. And these last two years of marriage, I just can't even express the joy. I want to end today's episode by playing a talk Pastor Ed Boot gave to the men in our residential program. He encouraged them that no matter what their circumstances, they can find rest in the Lord, and that in all things they can rejoice in Him. I hope that what he has to say will strengthen your faith as well. I'll share a couple of thoughts uh, to open the service out of Habakkuk. Uh, chapter 3 is where I'll be at the end of that. It's the very last portion, actually, of the prophecy that Habakkuk gives us. Um, and he's prophesying. Uh, the Lord gave him a vision. Uh, in fact, the vision is so heavy that it, right in the verse, first verse, Habakkuk calls it a burden. He was given a burden from the Lord uh, because it was a vision and prophecy of destruction coming to Israel. <clears throat> and, uh, but I don't want to dwell on that part of it necessarily this morning. Uh, I'm just saying all that as kind of a, a uh, setting for reading beginning in verse 16 of chapter 3. It says, when I heard, when he heard the Lord's answers, by the way, is what he's saying there too. He, he was so astonished so astounded by the vision the Lord gave him that he had some questions. It didn't line up with his thinking very well, and so he had a few questions for the Lord. And uh, so he's, the Lord answers those questions, and his response now is, when I heard, my body trembled. My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones, and I trembled in myself. Uh, that, in other words, he was undone when the Lord answered his questions. He was undone both by the vision and by what the Lord said because the Lord made it clear that this judgment is coming. It's unshakable in that sense. I've determined to do it and Israel deserves it. And so the prophet is, is kind of undone by all of that. But then he says that I may rest in the day of trouble. And I wonder how many of us can rest in the day of our trouble. Because if you know the Lord, that's possible. But if we don't know the Lord, you know, the day of trouble comes upon us and, and we're just overrun by it. And, and I guess partly what I'm trying to get at is somehow the, the way that our thinking doesn't line up with God's thinking. What the Lord would be after is that we sit here and let his word examine us and search us, stifling our own thoughts for an hour or two this morning saying, Lord, I, I do too much thinking <laughs> and my thoughts don't line up with yours very well. You say things that astonish me. You do things that astound me, that undo me. 
because you're so different than me. You do things I wouldn't choose. You take me through things I wouldn't choose to go through. But you're God and I'm just man. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. And he goes on here in verse 17, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. You hear all that? <laughs> is he saying when things line up just the way I hoped they would? Or is he saying exactly the opposite, right? When things don't look good at all, right? When the harvest has failed and the cupboards are empty and my wife has said no more communication or this has happened and, and I'm cut off in a sense from family or friends or supports that I thought I could count on. When I open <laughs> my store of resources and the cupboard is bare. <laughs> Verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high hills. How about that? Can we do that this morning? Because either your cupboard is full and you've got plenty of reason to rejoice or your cupboard is bare and you've got plenty of reason to rejoice. Because <laughs> God is the same God either way, right? And he will take you through. He is good. Can I say that into the atmosphere with authority this morning? God is good. God is good and he wants you to know that. And he doesn't care what your circumstances look like in that sense. It doesn't change his goodness, right? And in fact, he may let your circumstances get down to this degree that uh, we read about here just for that very reason, so that you'll know one thing, that God is good, right? And you can rejoice in that. You can trust in that. You can believe in that. You can hope in that and it won't fail you, and you won't be ashamed in the day of judgment and calamity, in the day of trouble. I hope that the Lord will use something of today's show to help strengthen you and to draw you closer to himself. We have many resources for hurting wives available on our website, such as information about our counseling programs and Kathy's book, When His Secret Sin Breaks Your Heart. So I'd encourage you to check those out by visiting purelifeministries.org. That's all for this week's episode. We'll continue our series for wives in another couple weeks after we pause and reflect on the character of Jesus during this Christmas season with two very special guests. We'll see you next time for that on Purity for Life. Purity for Life is a production of Pure Life Ministries. For over 30 years, Pure Life Ministries has been the go-to for those whose lives have been devastated by sexual sin. Visit us on the web for more information about our life-changing counseling programs and powerful teaching materials. Also check out our video clips of men and women whose lives have been radically transformed. All that and more at purelifeministries.org.